The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So then as we continue this sitting, I would like to offer what the Buddha said, how the Buddha defined a wise person. And as you hear this this definition of a wise person, you might first recognize that wisdom is not something that's distinct from people. Wisdom doesn't live outside of a person who is wise. And as you hear these words, see if you can listen with your heart or your body and see what kind of response arises from within. What thoughts, what feelings, what body sensations? How do you respond to these, this definition of a wise person? A wise person does what is beneficial for oneself, for others, and for both self and others. A wise person does what is beneficial for self, for others, and for both self and others. And then how does the wise person know what is beneficial? A thief might think it's beneficial to steal. An angry person might think it's beneficial to be hostile. A group might think it's beneficial to take care of their own themselves rather than others. How does the wise person recognize what is really beneficial?
How can you know what is most beneficial for yourself? If you are not going to settle for a, mi- for a minor benefit, how would you recognize what is of great benefit? So this morning I introduced the topic of wisdom as a parami, or wisdom as part of Buddhist practice, that it should go together with the phrase uh, wisdom for a purpose, that wisdom has a purpose in Buddhism. So for what purpose is the wisdom? In uh, American language we can say pragmatic wisdom, but it it means that we recognize what the purpose of the wisdom is. There isn't some kind of, in Buddhism, there isn't some kind of cosmic truth out there that is invariably true if you just kind of discover it and read the golden sutras. Now you know you can carry it with you some kind of abstract wisdom. But the wisdom is always for a purpose. And so here in this uh, quote that I gave you, that uh, the purpose is to benefit oneself and others. And this expression, self and others, which I'd like to interpret to mean we. Because it's possible to take care of oneself, it's possible to take care of someone else, but there's also the unit, it's also the collective, which is almost its own self, its own individual, its own thing, which might have different um, needs than any of the individuals that are part of the collective. And so to be able to relate to all three is what a wise person does. 
So what's beneficial for self, beneficial for others, and self and others. But uh, that quote uh, begs the question, what is beneficial? How would you know what's beneficial? And, um, and, what, and what benefits do you settle for? Um, there's a... Um, There's a famous quote from Dhammapada, which I don't, I don't remember exactly right now, but it goes something like, um, don't sacrifice a greater happiness for a lesser happiness. And, um, or it's also, it might be a little different, it might be, um, maybe it doesn't matter if it's exact to this quote, um, a wise person gives up a lesser happiness in order to attain a greater happiness. So what is most beneficial? And so for a wise person who really has a sense of beneficial, I bet the answer to that question is contextual. It depends on the context we're in and who we're with and what the situation is. But when we look at it as uh, wisdom as a parami, wisdom as a central virtue of Buddhist practice, what is it that's most beneficial and how do we know that? And what's the relationship between wisdom and what's beneficial, between what's beneficial and wisdom, our discernment, our finding our way, our sense of discovery, our questioning, our inquiry into our life, uh, all, all aspects of wisdom. So that's the topic. How do we know what's beneficial? How do we not get sidetracked by something which maybe seems beneficial, but maybe it's not really, it's, you know, we're shortchanging ourselves. Maybe it's a minor benefit, but maybe we're still shortchanging ourselves. If I settle for winning the California lottery, am I really benefiting myself? Is that what it's all about? Especially when the statistics or the the evidence seems to show that most people who win big lotteries um, are more depressed a year after than they were before they won. So how do you know what's beneficial? You know, what do you, you know, be careful what you, what you get if you have desires. Maybe it's, even if you, you don't have some wisdom, some understanding, what's really beneficial? So that's my attempt to introduce the topic. And I thought it'd be nice for you all to have the chance to talk together, uh, massaging this topic, explore your exploration. What is beneficial? What is beneficial? Um, what's beneficial for self? How do we know what's beneficial? How do we know what's beneficial? Or maybe differently, how do we recognize what's really beneficial? How do we recognize what's really or truly? Or how do we recognize the greatest benefit? How do we recognize what's beneficial? So what I thought we would start is by you guys dividing up into pairs and doing something that's called a repeating question. The repeating question is where one of you asks the question and the other answers the question. And um, when the person's answered is finished, the most important role of the questioner is saying thank you, showing appreciation. And then the questioner asks the same question over again. Person answers, thank you, ask again. And um, it's one of the few t- places in life where you can repeat the same thing over and over again. Um, get away with it. Just ask these repeating questions. It's insane, you know. And, um, and then the person who's answering 
you're, you're not answering for the purpose and the edification of the person's answering the question. So it's not an ordinary conversation. Um, you're not answering the person, you're answering the question for yourself. And the idea is to use the repeated questions to keep kind of going into yourself and keep opening to what's in there and different perspectives and see what comes up. Sometimes the easy answers come up first and then after a while you begin stretching or feeling or dropping to deeper place or sometimes some answer comes out of the blue like, wow, where did that come from? That's interesting. I never would have thought that, but now I did. You know, so it's kind of different things can happen when you kind of same questions over and over again. When you're answering a question, remember it's not a conversation, so you don't worry about informing the other person, which means that you don't. Have, if the answer, if your answer involves a story, let me, t- you know, don't tell the long story. Don't you're not trying to. You know the story really well, so you, you're not telling it. You know. Just say just enough of the story for your own sake so it kind of lives in you and kind of explore it enough for yourself. Don't try to keep get the other person to understand you. Does that make sense? So it's kind of a very different kind of conversation. And some people, will do, they do this, even close their eyes just to kind of, because it's a, it's a kind of a personal contemplation, personal exploration, see what comes up for you. Um, and um, so the question is, uh, how do you recognize what's really beneficial? That's, how do you recognize what's really beneficial? And that's an open question. It could be for yourself, it could be for others, for both, you know, and it, it's just whatever comes up. How do you recognize what's really beneficial? It could be in different contexts. It could be in your Buddhist practice. It could be uh, when you're cleaning your house or shopping for food. It could be you know, different things will come to mind for you. How do you recognize what's beneficial, what's really beneficial? Does that make sense? Okay. So we'll do that for a while. And uh, probably each person will have about seven minutes to answer the question. And, um, and then uh, I'll ring a bell. Then we'll stop and be quiet for uh, 30 seconds or a minute uh, just to kind of regroup. And then I'll ring a bell and then you can switch, uh, switch roles. Uh, and then we'll do some other things uh, after that. It's a process we're in to explore this topic. Is there any questions about that? That seem clear enough? So I don't know if we're an odd or an even number here. And uh, so um, if there's one person who can't find, if you don't, any of you can't find an, a partner, just front up to where I am. And that means that you may have to run into someone else who can't find a partner. Uh, and if it ends up being one person who is, um, uh, you know, doesn't have a partner, then I'll set you up with a group of three and explain to you how you can do that. But don't assume a group of three on your own. Just come up here. And, okay, so once you find a partner and when you're, you're settled, uh, uh, you can start. <laughs> 